2: Daily Tech News show is made possible by its listeners. Thanks to all of you, including Logan Larson, Mike Aikens, and Norm Fizikas. Coming up on DTNS, Google's got new Pixel phones. They're great. They're reasonably priced. Will anyone buy them? I don't know. And Jen Briney from the Congressional Dish is here to tell us what's actually in the Chips Act. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, October 6th, 2022 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm Rob Dunwood. I'm Roger Shang, the show's producer. And joining us, host of Congressional Dish, Jen Briney. Welcome back.
0: Hello. Thank you for having me.
2: Thank you for reading the entire Chips Act for us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't fun.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I, I know. But that's why we appreciate it all the more. Uh, We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Pixel phones. But let's start with a few tech things you should know. The Quick Hits. The Australian government proposed changes to consumer privacy rules that would allow telcos to share government-issued identification documents with banks to better implement enhanced monitoring for data breaches, (laughs) something that Australians wish would have happened earlier. The data can only be used for preventing and responding to security incidents, fraud, scam activity, or identity theft, and must be destroyed when no longer needed. This comes after the breach at the telco Optus exposed personal information on. On as many as 10 million accounts. That's a lot of accounts.
3: A couple of AI stories to tell you about. Alphabet's DeepMind published a paper in the journal Nature detailing AlphaTensor, designed to discover novel, efficient, and probably correct al- algorithms. So it's an AI that can discover more AI. Right. Google also announced its text-to-video systems. One is called Imagine Video, which, similar to Meta's, recently shown make a video system uses a short text prompt to generate a 16 frame, 3 frames per second video at 24 by 48 pixel resolution, which is upscaled to 24 frames per second at um, 720p. Google also showed Fanaki designed to turn longer detailed prompts into videos with 2 minutes, but currently offers less resolution.
2: Alright, well, we're going from images to videos already. Uh, This is a big one. Netflix has agreed with major US theater chains AMC, Regal, and cinemark to show glass onion a knives out mystery in their theaters for a limited but exclusive run this is not just to get award consideration they could have done a much smaller run for that 600 theaters, so not all their theaters, but 600 theaters across the United States will get what's going to be billed as a sneak preview run of the movie from November 23rd through November 29th. So the Thanksgiving weekend, then it'll be out of theaters and unavailable to watch on Netflix until it shows up on the streaming service December 23rd. It's the first time AMC Regal or Cinemark have shown anything from Netflix in one of their theaters.
3: Bloomberg sources say that Twitter and Elon Musk agreed to delay Musk's deposition in the company's lawsuit previously set for Thursday. That's actually today. This indicates the two companies may be close to an acquisition deal that would settle the court case.
2: I mean, anybody's guess what's actually going to happen. But here here's the thing that actually points towards one outcome. So so there you go. Uh, and Hyundai's joint venture with Aptiva called Motional has signed a 10-year deal to provide autonomous vehicles to Uber's ride hailing and delivery service. So not just Uber, but uber eats too the companies did not announce service areas but they did say they'd launch in multiple cities in the united states motional already works with lyft to provide autonomous vehicles in las vegas and uber actually has a separate deal uh with neuro for vehicles in california and texas All right, Google had an announcement in New York City to announce the details of the Pixel 7, the 7 Pro, and the Pixel Watch. Uh, They teased all these during Google I.O. back in May. You probably remember that. Uh, But now we have the details, and all three Pixels are available to order now, shipping October 13th.
3: Let's start with features that are available in both the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro. They both run on the new Google-designed Tensor G2 chip, have IP68 dust and waterproof protection, and claim to get 24 hours on a single charge, up to 72 hours when the battery saver kicks in. The Pixels are capable of Qi wireless charging, USB-C fast charging, and can charge other devices.
2: Now, some of the features coming to the phone uh, include cough and snore detection while you're sleeping. It stays on device. They're not going to send it to the cloud. Uh, Google previously launched real tone on the pixel for more accurate skin tone in photos and now is going to offer guided frame which helps people with low vision frame up a shot using haptics and audio guidance like telling you raise it up lower it down Uh, there's also cinematic blur which some people might just call bokeh uh, photo unblur face unblur and google assistant has some pixel specific features like you can now tell the pixel silence (laughs) if you want it to stop Ringing, uh, which will be fun to shout, and it will transcribe your voice messages. Uh, something that iPhone users have enjoyed. It's going to be able to do that, and it can label the different speakers in the recorder app if you're like recording a meeting or something like that.
3: So yeah, the uh, the, the recording is really interesting to me. And then also, will it kick me if I'm snoring like my wife?
2: Mm, they need some stronger <laughs> haptics for that. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm just wondering, but. <laughs> The Pixels both come with an underscreen fingerprint sensor and Face Unlock, though Face Unlock is not available for everything since the fingerprint is still considered more secure on the Pixel. The Pixels both ship with Google One's VPN built in at no additional cost, though it's not available in all countries, and some systems won't actually send data through the VPN. You also get five years of security updates on both the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro.
2: Okay, so that's what's in both phones, but let's tell you the differences. The Pixel 7 has a 6.3 inch 1080 by 2400 screen, uh, up to 90 hertz variable refresh rate, comes with 8 gigs of RAM. You can get it in either 128 or 256 gigs of storage, has a rear 50 megapixel camera, and the same front-facing, main, and ultrawide sensors as the Pro, it doesn't have a telephoto lens. The F- Pro does. The Pixel 7 will start at an affordable $599.
3: The Pixel 7 Pro has a 6.7 inch 1140 by 3120 display with up to 120 hertz variable refresh rate. It has polished aluminum frame and adds a 48 megapixel telephoto lens to the rear camera that can do up to 5x optical zoom or 30x digital. It can also macro focus at close as as close as three centimeters. It has 12 gigs of RAM and adds a 512 gigabyte storage option. The Pixel 7 Pro starts at $899. So these
2: prices relative to others with similar specs on the marketplace uh, are pretty good. The builds look great. Uh, Essentially, if you're paying for the Pro, you're paying for the bigger screen, the better camera, and maybe some increased storage options and better RAM and such. Uh, What do you as an Android user think about these,
3: Rob? Are, Are you tempted to switch to the Pixel? So it is the, it's not so much the hardware. Um, you know, I have been team Samsung since I think the Galaxy S3. So I just like Samsung's hardware. But the software additions, the, the voice transcription that this phone can do is, is second to none. I mean, you literally talk to it and it figures out what you're saying and types it out for you. I mean, which you would think all of trans, um, you know, transcribing does, but it's just better. Um, the ability for you to make a phone call um, or someone to call you, and then it it basically answers, screens them, does all kind of stuff. I would actually pay for that service um, that is so good for people who I know who have pixels, so the software things that Google is doing on this phone um, are really interesting to me. Um, the hardware I still kind of like just the look and polish uh, that you get with all that glass on the Samsung devices, but the heart like I said, the software is, is 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 really making me perk my eyes up and say,, hey, I might have to try this out."
2: I've used that, uh, that automatic Google assistant thing where it, where it can t- talk to someone for you and you're just tapping the stuff. And in fact, they've got some improvements here, uh, where they say, if it's a commonly called number, it'll start sharing what the options are. won't wait to hear the options. Uh, but I always wonder if, if I'm being, if, if the, if I'm being as bad as I feel when I have to deal with a phone tree, an automated phone tree, but I guess the turnabout is fair play, right? Jen, as an iPhone user, have we swayed you at all with these Pixel stats? Does this, does this, uh, does this uh, bring any interest to your phone life?
0: So the one thing that made me curious is the speech-to-text because I'm huge on that. I, you can see I'm wearing giant glasses because uh, I strain my eyes a lot with what I do. So I'm using speech-to-text, and I do find myself editing a lot when I'm using it to text people, which kind of defeats the purpose of not looking at my phone. So knowing that that's really good was the one thing that made me go like, hmm. But um, the rest of it, I don't know. For me to give up and have to relearn a whole system, um, I'm definitely in the Apple net. (laughs) They've captured me completely. So it would have to be something kind of extraordinary because once I switch the phone, then I feel like my Apple computer doesn't talk to it as well. I just – I would have to go all – in on the Google stuff. I'm just not there yet.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that's the been the problem uh, for a lot of these Android makers. And, and Google's no exception, even though they make the operating system. It's hard to break people out of their ecosystems. We just heard it from two different perspectives. We heard Jen talking about it from the iOS perspective. And Rob, you were just basically saying like, well, I'm kind of liking my Samsung life, you know.
3: <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I don't know that this is a problem for Google, but it's always been this way. They allow anyone to make Android devices. Anybody can make them. So Mm -hmm. for years... Other manufacturers have made better, iPhone, or better iPhones that have made better Android devices than Google itself was making. So you now have people who are kind of locked in. So um, clearly it is not as much of an ecosystem thing for me. It is just I like the big, giant phone with the pen that I use more so than may, being able to transcribe something on, on my phone. So I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not interested in the Pixel. It's just I don't know that there's enough there yet to make me switch over from what I'm currently using.
2: It just sounds real familiar to me uh, to hear a bunch of people talk about how we- how good a phone is that is not going to sell. It happened to HTC. It happened to LG. Uh, it's currently true for Sony. They they sell well in-, in Japan, but outside of Japan, almost no one knows about the Xperia phones. And they're great phones. Uh, so I look at this and I'm like... Google only reports 6.55 billion dollars in other revenue. That's not even just their hardware. That's all their hardware plus Google Play. Compare right. 6.55 billion to the 50.5 billion Apple makes on iPhone, Samsung's making billions off the Galaxy line. It, I I'm not saying these are bad phones. I just don't know where this goes for Google unless they go a Microsoft route and say, it's not the sales numbers that matter. It's us showing off the capabilities. We're, we're the showcase phone for Android.
3: And if they do that, they have to start allowing some of these pixel-only features to move to additional um, you know, you know, Android devices. Because mm-hmm. I'll be flat out honest with you. I'm probably more apt to move to iPhone than I am to move to Pixel. Because, like, what's the point? I want to get, you know, transcription. That is an awesome, awesome thing. But I don't know if it's enough to just change everything. If I want to change everything, I might as well just change to a completely different platform. That's just me, though.
2: And if they are using it as a showcase and those features do move to Samsung phones, let's say, then you're going to look at it and think, well, can I just wait? Can I just wait until it shows up on Samsung? Like, you know. It, it takes away a little of the impetus to move it, so I'm not even sure what Google's up to here, uh except making very nice phones at a very good price
3: so no, no they they are really good phones if you are coming from a you know a mid tier or a lower end uh um Android device and you want to get into a premium device. these mm. things are very, very well priced I yeah. think that um, Samsung um, and uh, I've, or Apple, they they definitely figured out back in 2020 you can't charge people 13 14 hundred dollars for a phone. They're, they'll just wait until that phone breaks before they you know they shell out that kind of money. So the phones have definitely mm-hmm. gotten less expensive over the last couple of years, and the Pixel really has never been super expensive. So that's always a good thing. But these are very 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 good phones for that price range. So like, I definitely recommend them if you're on like a mid-tier phone and you're just trying to move to get, you know, the best of Android, you're probably not going to do better on Android than you will do, um, with a pixel. Maybe that's their best bet.
2: Maybe that's their path is to say, look, compare it to a galaxy a, not a galaxy S a galaxy a, and Mm -hmm. we're amazing. If you're stepping up, you don't have to step up to $1,400. You don't have to get a fold, uh, step up to a pixel. Uh, you know, you don't have to spend that much more money than what you're spending already.
3: Maybe that it, maybe that'll work for them. Yeah and and we didn't even talk about this, but the camera on the pixel, um, pretty much as the pixel has been out, we have always talked about, man, that, that, those pictures look great. Yeah, they do. Um, you know, with what they're doing with this new processor last year, they came out with the real tone. Um, that was a big deal. They're adding, you know, the new stuff for, uh, you know, people who are visually impaired, which is kind of awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, that is, that is not an insignificant thing that they're doing. So when you, like I said, when you look at the software on this, you're getting the best of, uh, of Android on this phone, you're getting what iOS is to the iPhone on a, uh, on a Google device. It's just that they're so far behind with, you know, just now catching up to where hardware mm-hmm. is even comparable to their, you know, to their, uh, you know, to their uh, competition that, like I said, I, you know, I'm all in on, 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 the, on this platform on you know, on yeah. this operating system. I just don't know that I'm willing to give my pen up
2: yeah. that there, I only
3: use <laughs> once every three or four months.
2: <laughs> Make one with a pen for goodness sake, you'll get robbed uh yeah even making their own chips that tensor chip that google designed it's a good chip uh finally we should mention the pixel tablet got another look uh that's not coming out until 2023 so we didn't get specs and and shipping but google said that the coating they compared the coating to a la crusette dutch oven uh if that's a i mean i like my la crusette i guess that's nice uh and there's also going to be a docking station so you can use the tablet like you would a nest hub smart display when you're not using it as a tablet
3: that really looks cool, but would you bet money they're not going to cancel it? <laughs> oh, man. It's not even out
2: yet, Rob. Give them a second before, before you lose I faith. Don't,
3: I don't trust them. I just don't trust them. Uh, what do you want to hear
2: us talk about on the show? One way to let us know is our subreddit. Submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Third time's a charm. I shouldn't have pressed it so early.
1: Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com tapiphone tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI.
2: The president of the United States went to Poughkeepsie, New York, on Thursday to talk about IBM's plans to spend $20 billion there over the next decade on chip making and quantum computing. Uh, the president traveled to Ohio last month for Intel's $20 billion chip plant promise. Uh, and Rob, you you can see it from your window, right? You said it's under construction. <laughs> I can see it from my yard. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday, Micron promised $100 billion to spend over the next two decades to build chip plants in New York. One wonders if this might upset trading partners like, I don't know, Taiwan, Japan, and South Korea, and the answer is yeah, probably. So the United States has created the Chip4 Alliance to ensure a stable supply chain and keep advanced chip-making technology out of the hands of mainland China. Taiwan's Deputy Economic Affairs Minister Chen Chunyi said, The manufacturing equipment comes primarily from the US and Europe. The raw materials come from Japan, and manufacturing technology from Taiwan and Korea so this requires collaboration to form a very resilient supply chain uh of course all of this is following the passage this summer of the u.s chips and science act of 2022 aka the chips act jen briney is possibly the only person on earth to have read the entire chips act (laughs) uh so we wanted to get her to explain what's actually in there uh jen thank you what's actually in there (laughs)
0: Well, um, the big story here is $50 billion for the industry. It's our tax money that is going to be funneled through the Department of Commerce, and it's going to go to these corporations. I would imagine IBM would get a piece of it, um, but we don't know exactly who. Uh, The reason I think IBM is on the list is because they have been the sole source foundry for the Department of Defense Mm. for quite a while. And there is $2 billion specifically for the Department of Defense for uh, microchip industry things. Development, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So there's $50 billion there for for that. And then there's – so there's a few billion more for research and development and education. So the research and development, it was quite clear for me that the idea is that our tax money will pay to essentially invent new tech that will be handed to the private sector – um, and so while there's billions appropriated, there are tens of billions of dollars authorized. So they would have to, in a future law, actually give out the money, but the permission slip has already been granted. So while this bill is valued um, at about, and it depends on who you ask, but it's like 60000000000 billion-ish, the amount that has been appropriated for this industry is far more, or um, authorized, I should say, is far more than that. So it's basically like 50 billion now for the industry, education and inventions likely in the future if the money is actually appropriated in future laws.
2: Yeah, I've seen uh, numbers around 170 billion uh, for the stuff outside of just the 50 billion, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. That could go, how much in this act is about other tech. It's called the CHIPS Act, but it seems like a lot of it is not really about chip making itself.
0: So funding wise the vast majority of it is actually for the chips because out of the stuff that is appropriated, 50 billion, and actually more than that, if you include the Defense Department and the State Department, all the money they get, that's specifically for chips. Mm. But most of the law itself, like the pages of it, was authorizing these other programs and doing a lot of different kinds of like educational programs that will flow money from the federal government to state and local governments, nonprofits, universities, and the private sector. And what I found really interesting is that that money, which is authorized, which there is a difference, you authorize stuff and then the money is actually appro- appropriated. They've done the first step. But the decision making on that they've created a lot of boards to actually hand out the money and the private sector has gotten a huge role in the seats on those boards. So really industry has been given permission in certain ways to be directing where this research and development and education funding will eventually go. But this particular law, the money that's actually provided, most of it is for semiconductors.
2: Uh, That's interesting. So... If I have this right, the fifty-two billion number you see thrown around is money that they, that is authorized. That's gonna be spent. The hundred seventy billion uh, appropriated. Got it. Yes. The hundred seventy billion is like, yeah, maybe. You know, we could set up a committee and and they could go up to that amount. Or it's a little little mushier.
0: Yes, because there's t- there's two parts of government funding. So they authorize stuff first. So actually, this 50 plus billion dollars that's going to the semiconductor industry was actually authorized years ago in a defense authorization. <laughs> so the permission was already given. Huh. The second half of this law where, like I said, there's tens of billions of dollars authorized, but there's going to have to be a future law that actually hands out that money. Now, we are in a government funding cycle where we're funding our government improperly every year. Um, there's supposed to be 12 separate bills that do this. They're funding it all at once, and that is set to happen on December 16th. And when you have these massive government funding laws right before the holidays that no one reads, that's when a lot of this stuff can get appropriated because the, p- the price tag is so huge that it's not as obvious. So I think if they were to appropriate $170 billion um, in this <laughs> chips law, that would have been a much bigger scandal than the $50 billion they actually did. And then the rest of the stuff they can kind of, you know, over time later. Yeah. yeah. Or the stuff that they never intended to mm. appropriate to begin with, they can make it look like they're going to. But like, whoopsie, we never funded it. So yeah. it doesn't actually exist.
2: There's a difference between saying, I'll write a check and writing the check.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
3: Kind of feels like uh, you know, back you remember the old Oprah show when like you get a car, you get a car. It's like you get a billion, you get a billion, you get a billion. So it's like, you know, they've said we will write this check for this money, but we still have to pass a law to determine who ultimately is going to get it. Yeah. And that's and just so how the government operates. It just it's very slow moving.
0: Well, this one was a big fat check to the semiconductor yeah. industry. Yeah. Like it's a done deal for the the 50 billion.
2: And I'll be honest. It, it certainly seems to have gotten the companies excited. So it's obviously had an effect. You see the president going to Ohio, you see him going to New York, Mm -hmm. uh, but when I look at the numbers, as, as huge as fifty-two billion sounds to me personally, uh, when I look at the fact that it's twenty billion to spend on chip making for uh, IBM, twenty billion uh, for Intel, and Intel has talked about spending a hundred billion in Arizona, Micron spending a hundred billion, and knowing that that fifty-two billion has to get split up among multiple companies over five years, I don't know how much difference it really makes. I mean it, it it seems like it's spending a lot of money for us and yet it's was it really even that much money was it necessary to get them to move their companies or were they gonna move it anyway?
0: Well, I have my doubts that they were going to move it anyway because when they got the permission to labor shop around the world In the 1990s, they did. So the percentage of the industry that is controlled by so-called U.S. companies, although they're multinationals, but the so-called U.S. companies have always controlled between 40 and 50% of the market. What's changed, though, is the actual production of the chips. We now only produce 11% because these companies went and built their foundries in places where they can pay people damn near nothing to make them. So I do think that... Giving them tax money and saying, you can only spend this here, because the vast majority of it, it it. says in clear language, this has to be spent building foundries inside the United States. You can't build foundries or even upgrade the ones you have overseas. By requiring that, then it makes them go like, okay, well, if we're going to get some of this money, we're going to invest somewhere, and it has to be here. That is why I think they're choosing to do it here, because... They're going to have to pay at least a minimum wage to the people working here, and they don't want to do that. That's not yeah, yeah. instinctual. So I do think that it's having the intended effect.
2: So it's enough to entice them to do it, and it's it's worth doing for the government because it locks them into keeping it uh, here. That makes sense to me. The, the other question I have about this, uh, and this is less about what's actually in the CHIPS Act, but, but the... The idea that we're going to make the chips on U.S. soil, I think to a lot of people sounds like, oh, so then they're done. And the fact of the matter is chip fabrication is just one part of the process. Uh, There's design, there's packaging, there's testing, uh, there's assembly. And especially when you're talking about packaging and assembly, we're not moving those parts of the process over here. So these chips that we're making in the U.S. are still going to go on a boat somewhere else to get packaged and assembled.
0: Yes, they are. Hence, our globalized system has some problems. And that was always their justification for moving the foundries overseas like that, that they would have the production at least close to one another. So if you had like the chips being made in Taiwan and then the testing being done in Korea, it was all in the same neighborhood. And so now there is going to be more Mm -hmm. international shipping going back and forth. And nothing in this chips law said you had to do any of that other stuff here in the States. So I looked at this law and saw it as being quite incomplete, and that is a good point. That is one of the, the things that they left out, along with any taxpayer return on investment, which, if you listen to my episode, I rant and rave about that. Yeah. Um, we were required to, like, we don't get any profit sharing. We mm-hmm. don't get any cut of the companies, like nothing. It's just we give them the money and do and what theoretically
2: make tax, tax revenue off of it
0: theoretically sure theoretically
2: yeah um, so, yeah go ahead rob
3: i just want to say being here in columbus you hear about what intel is doing and the you know the big news all the time is the taxpayers get nothing from this it's like oh well people are going to have more jobs and therefore they'll pay more income tax they'll pay more property tax because it's not just a foundry i mean there are homes there are companies that are going to support intel all of this stuff is being built and that's just what they keep, you know, um, you know, keep throwing out. But it's kinda like, well, that's always the case. People who work always pay taxes. Companies who have employees always pay taxes. So how is that truly benefiting the taxpayers here in Ohio for subsidizing this massive development that they're about to do?
0: I agree completely. I came to the same conclusion and there was nothing in the law that requires them to stay twenty years from now. So I mean, just look at what happened to you- to Detroit when they had an industry and then the industry pulled out and now the whole town was, you know, in Mm. trouble. So, um, there were not anywhere near the number of protections for the taxpayers and pretty much close to zero. Actually, when I say nowhere near, I'm trying to think of any, Um, and that was probably the most upsetting thing for me. I, I do believe in it being important to have, a industry, manufacturing industry here in the United States for self-sufficiency. There's a lot of good reasons for it. But we should get a return on that investment. And I mean an actual financial hmm. return. And there was nothing like that required. So... Yeah, I did feel the rage bubbles as I was reading it because of that. <laughs> uh
2: I, I think if the if there are some good things in this act, uh one one of the good things is that it is certainly helping us diversify the supply chain. One of the problems with the supply chain that became very apparent during COVID uh was yeah, it with just with chips, there were so many others, but just with chips, the, there were Taiwanese companies with all of their fabs in China. Uh, And and suddenly there was a backlog getting things out of of China. And so having a diversified system, in my mind, where you have some of every bit of the process, fabrication, packaging, etc., some of it in Taiwan, some of it in Vietnam, some of it in Korea, Japan, India, Brazil, and the United States— and and I'm and I'll just leave it there. But other places as well, uh, Germany, the Netherlands, et cetera. Uh, that's good. Make it so that if one part suffers uh, a breakdown, it doesn't bring the entire system to a halt. And I think that's a positive development out of that.
0: I agree, and especially because so much of it was concentrated in Taiwan. Um, Taiwan's becoming a flashpoint for war things. I mean, there is a not zero chance that China could invade Taiwan. And the foundries are on the coast that faces China. So one of the reasons that there was urgency on this is that if there is a war, those foundries could either be captured by China or they could be destroyed. And so there is this urgency to prepare for that possibility and to move these this production so that the supply chain isn't so contra- concentrated in this one yeah. location.
2: Not, not to mention, a lot of those Taiwanese companies have foundries in mainland China. Uh, as relations break down, uh, what would have been unthinkable ten years ago—nationalization of a plant and taking it away—feels uh, like something that's not necessarily impossible. So you want to you want to move things around for that reason too.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Well, Jen, uh, thank you so much uh, again for, for going to, through all the hard work of, of reading these bills uh, and, and sharing your expertise. If you haven't listened to the episode on the CHIPS Act, a congressional dish, definitely go do that. Uh, but but this is even one of the, the less interesting bills that you cover. Uh, tell yeah. folks about <laughs> some of the other stuff you do.
0: Well, yeah, I, I read bills and laws, but I also watch a lot of hearings. And so even the hearings give me information. Like there was one about pet callers that I watched recently. Like there are pet callers, the number one on the market, the, um, Soresto flea and tick callers that are poisoning pets and they're doing nothing about it. So it's Congress is my window to the world and I just dig for these stories. So, um, I'm going to be working on the inflation reduction act because you know, that's the biggest thing the Democrats did. And, But yeah, I'm fascinated by what goes on in the halls of Congress. And so if you want to hear some stories that are not being reported and some details on bills and laws, Congressional Dish is a... I think it's a pretty good place to go.
2: I agree. CongressionalDish.com. You don't even have to agree with Jen. I don't always agree with Jen, but I always value your detail i always value your perspective and the work you put in and the information you bring me it's it's incredible uh so go check that out folks congressionaldish.com and as a bonus if you just like hearing jen talk uh She sat down and talked about disaster with me on A Word with Tom Merritt. We had a great time talking about uh, prepping disaster movies, uh, games she plays with her husband to prepare for disasters. Uh, So go check that out at awordpodcast.com as well. awordpodcast.com and congressionaldish.com. Of course, before we go,
3: Rob, uh, what you got going on these days? Not a whole lot, just podcasting and talking about tech. So you can check me out pretty much everywhere around the web at rob dunwood and also head over to the that is like my new baby it's just over a year old now and we are having so much fun talking about the weekly tech that comes up but talking about it from a let's say a blacker perspective
2: hmm. yeah exactly uh thanks to our brand new boss dr mr esquire first of all great username second of all thank you for supporting us third of all just like dr mr esquire you could be the star of the show tomorrow if you start backing us at patreon.com slash dtns patrons stick around we're going to talk more about all of this stuff on good day internet you can also catch the show live monday through friday 4 p.m eastern 200 utc find out more at tech slash live back tomorrow talking about the features you'll want in your next tv with robert heron and len peralta will be here too. talk to you then
1: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.
2: Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever
0: felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.